Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host Jack and I'm joined as ever by Raj. How are you doing Raj? I'm fine, thank you very much. I'm a bit out of breath because I want to just come inside from playing in the garden but um, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> I like that, playing in the garden. I'm yeah, made like myself sound little... about like a toddler. Yeah, a little tea party, <laughs> yeah. playing with Tonka trucks and all that and the sandpit. Yeah, I never had a sandpit. But, I've um, never had a sandpit either. I think it's I'd, a bit of an American thing, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think they were one at nursery or something like that, but I've never had one at home. Um, I've always just, you know, football and cricket in the street type of thing and kicking rugby balls from one garden to the other and stuff like that. Did you have one of those horrible neighbours that would, like, pop the balls and stuff? Yeah, like, there was a rumour, actually, that the woman at the end of our road was um, was a witch. Um, <laughs> but she Every was just street uh, had that rumour, didn't they, really? Yeah, but the sad truth of it, years later, was the, the only reason she was a bit grumpy was that she was the victim of decades-old domestic abuse. So, um, oh, Christ. As, yeah, as a, that's, that's probably the, the story behind most alleged witches, isn't it, really? So, so yeah, and that, horrible. I, uh, so, yeah, yeah, as an adult, and you sort of, you suddenly realise why this woman was never wanting to really spend much time and be nice to you and, and things is because she was married to a, a horrible piece of work. Um, but you don't you don't know those things when you're a kid, and she offers to you know kick your ball away when it lands on a garden and stuff. But you live and you learn, don't you? So it's a nice way to go started. I was going to say, and speaking of horrible pieces of work, we're also joined by <laughs> Seb. How are you doing, Seb? I'm okay, thanks, mate. Yeah, you're not really a horrible piece of work. Well, thank honest, you. So. No. You're a, a mid-range piece of work. Yeah, average. You know, yeah. could do better. That kind of thing. I can't remember if it was on the pod or just in a chat, but I did say there's a devil in you, though, Sebastian Savbron. I do stand by that. I think that was on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. There is. We do wear our dirty laundry on the pod most weeks, so. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, now, as a tenuous segue, you said the word dirty. Yeah. And something else that's often seen as being quite dirty is Stoke City Football Club. Hey, great hey, segue. Yeah, that's see? Terrific. That's off the. That's just off the cuff. I think I've got a. You've been practicing uh, in spare time, mate. With your, uh, with mate, your, I've yeah. I've just got a career in like you know irreverent kind of ad lib comedy. I think. Yeah. On the go, sort of. Um. Yeah. How was? How was it? I tell you what. You went to the game, so tell us first of all about your experience. Give us, give us some insight into you know. Take us from the train station. Anything you noticed about uh, you know what the, temple, the thing is, is that we um, on the way up we were talking and you, you asked me to kind of document what was going on, 
Um, yeah, I knew you weren't going to. Yeah, but this is the thing. I, I got off the train fully intending to do so, but I think the most revealing thing I can say is that there wasn't really anything to document. I mean, there was, uh, you know, I got off the train, there's a nice Wedgwood statue in front of my hotel. Um, pretty nice Nando's in downtown Stoke. And What did you have in Nando's? Uh, I just went with the, the grilled chicken in a wrap. Uh, medium spice, obviously. Macho peas, peri peri lemon chicken. and herb, lemon and herb for definite. Fuck off, lemon and herb, medium. <laughs> He's Do one of those when he when he, when he takes a lass, he asks for the uh, for the hot flag to be put in it, but uh, it's really <laughs> lemon and herb. I've never Shit. taken anyone to Nando's. No, that's a solo eating venue. Um, it was you no, know, I, I I I mean, I don't know. You 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 did warn me, Jack. I mean, it's um it's a funny place, Stoke. Um. And in terms of an away day, as, a, as an experience, it was brilliant because the game itself and the atmosphere and, and kind of being with our fans, it was brilliant. But um, everything around it was a little bit underwhelming. Um, but yeah, not, I'm not in a rush to get back to Stoke, put it that way. What was, the, uh, what was the experience, aside for like, obviously like the latent Danny Rose racism that they usually exhibit? Well, um, this is the thing. What was that, the atmosphere like? Yeah, this is the thing because I, I I've never been to Stoke before, and I've always been led to believe that it's one of the best atmospheres in the Premier League. Uh, but I can't remember ever going to another team's ground and hearing less from them. They were completely dead. Um, I mean, our support was brilliant. It was, um, it was very much. You know how kind of um, in a lot of games, you, you know, in amongst all the chanting and stuff, you, you usually have a lot of kind of patter and a lot of bitching and moaning about this player being picked and what that player is doing it's it's interesting that sort of that that stuff seems to have melted away from our fan base um it's just i mean it's only around me there's just so much unity and just so much enthusiasm for our players um and even those that used to be kind of um moaned about quite regularly and belittled like your your sort of eric lamellas i mean everyone everyone seems to love lamella now um and it's just, it's such a, um, I, I mean, if any other fan base heard this, it would be nauseating for them, I'm, I'm quite sure. But it's just such a, um, it's just a, such a wonderful experience being in the Spurs crowd at the moment. Um, because it just, everything about it, like the way we played obviously was brilliant. Um, it's one of the best Tottenham away performances I've seen in my lifetime. Um, but it's just such a rewarding experience as well, because you just, you leave the ground feeling 10 foot tall. Um and that's about the team, of course, but it's and, and where they are in the league. But it's also about um, the amount of support that, that our crowd gives them. I mean, there was um, obviously the kind of the forgotten moment of that game was Deli Ali's miss um, when he went around Shea Given, and I mean it was ridiculous. Um, and his name was never sung louder than it was immediately after that. And I remember thinking, that's what this fan base is at the moment. It's just a really special place. Uh, and you leave, and you just it's just. Uh, yeah, it's hard to describe because I'm sure if you're a Chelsea or a Man United fan, that's kind of your default position when you leave a game. You know, you've battered some, you know, Stoke or whoever. But for us, it's quite unusual. And um, God, I'm glad I went. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I was speaking to you guys um, a couple of days before because I actually had a, a writing deadline that night and it, it was a little bit tricky. And I kind of, you, you two both said, oh, fuck off, go, you know. Um, and I'm so glad I did. I mean, I... Um, I, I haven't been to nearly enough away games in my time. And mm. yeah, it was just um, something I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, definitely. It's funny because the, 
the narrative prior to the game was, you know, it's a Monday night away at Stoke. Yeah, Stoke might not have anything to play for, but it's still going to be a tricky game for Tottenham. This is the type of fixture they usually slip up in, so on and so forth, which I think in, in a lot of ways was pretty dismissive of Stoke and the fact yeah. that they have evolved as a team now past the sort of, you know, cavemen they were of a few years back. But immediately after that, especially in some circles, I mean, there has been most of all uh, an outpouring of praise for Tottenham and Pochettino and the progress that we are starting to make. And actually, surprisingly, it seems to be that the tide is turning towards a more pro-Tottenham sentiment as opposed to Leicester's But does that annoy you, Jack? I mean, mean, over the last couple of days, I've read an awful lot about, you know, how great we are and this player being good and you know what, Harry Kane is quite a good player. I just think, fuck's sake, it's April. And we've, I mean, we didn't start the season like we're playing now. We've been playing like this for about three or four months. Um, maybe, you know, Stoke was one of the high points, of course. But, like, some of the things I've read, I just think, you, have you watched more than an hour of our games all year? I mean, it's just sort of, I'm, I'm, and I'm not just saying this because of the obvious, but Leicester, yeah, great. But sort of to treat us like a kind of, Oh well, they're kind of like a big bad Chelsea or Man City chasing them. Fuck off! I mean, you know, I, I, I've waited all my life to see, um, to feel as I did when I left the Britannia Stadium on Monday, just to feel like that about a Tottenham performance, uh, and not just in a kind of oh well, we've beaten Arsenal, it's a one-off game, but just to feel good about where you're going as a supporter and where you're going as a team, and just to think this is a group of players that I genuinely love. And to hear it kind of, yeah, but it's no Jamie Vardy. I mean, it's just, you know, it's such superficial bollocks. I respect what Leicester are doing. And I, I, I like Claudio Ranieri. I, I'm, I really admire what he's been able to do. And I think there are some terrific players in that team. But to treat us as a kind of, oh, well, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're the fairy tale spoilers. Just whatever. I do think, I th- like, one of my thoughts on that is that there's always been, I mean... We haven't won the league for, what, 50-odd years now. Um, and you, you you can't shy away from that. But at the same time, there's always been more of a, a sense that Spurs had it within them to do this. It's always been there. I mean, it's been there through the 70s. It's been there through the 80s. Okay, the 90s and the early 2000s are a complete write-off. But Spurs have always been a side that people have often billed as a sleeping giant, you know, yeah. if we're going to go on a cliche bingo. So I think that's potentially played into it that, you know, oh, well, of course Spurs are going to be able to do this. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually quite happy about the fact in some respects that us doing this isn't billed as like a fairy tale because I think for a team like Leicester, you probably do. I mean, as much as I said, I have never thought I'd see Spurs win the Premier League in my lifetime. You know, I, th- I think nine-tenths of you know, your most sane, rational people would never have ever bet on seeing Leicester City, barring a you know a Manchester City style buyout, yeah. ever really competing at the top of the table. Whereas with Spurs, there's always been a sense that ah oh, well you know they play their cards right, they might be able to do it. But I definitely agree. I definitely agree that there's suddenly this oh hang on actually maybe uh, Harry Kane's quite good because he's scoring all these goals and maybe actually you know Christian Eriksen, Deli Ali. Eric Dyer, Toby Alderweireld, these these lads. It's not just Spurs fans getting ahead of steam. Like these 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 players are actually really good. And the, when Tottenham fans have been telling us all season they have this tight knit, you know, functioning team, 
that they're not just kind of, you know, being typical Tottenham fans. Um, and I think that's what's more galling. It's almost like the Spurs fans and a, a lot of the, not hyperbole, but a lot of the noise that's been created around Tottenham has mostly been by Tottenham fans. And because we are quite prone to doing that, and we have been in the past, I think that's been treated with a bit of contempt by some sides that some people are kind of like, oh, it's just Tottenham fans making noise again. And the more and more teams are actually playing, more and more people are waking up to the fact that actually, you know what, having seen these guys play firsthand, they're actually fucking brilliant. And you're seeing that a lot on social as well. Now you're seeing several fan bases now saying Spurs are the best team. I've, this Spurs team are the best team I've seen play at our ground in what, 10 years or so. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, you know, it's crazy being I... put in that bracket with a, with a, you know, a 2000s Arsenal, Man United, we we go win this. I just, we have to. What the fuck are Leicester? Mate, you know the, what are they? The, the thing, let's let's stop pretending. Like you know they. With that with that <laughs> thing about like you know being able to imagine Spurs potentially winning a league through, you know, at some point maybe in the last you know uh, ten years, I think like if you were to consider what our primary weakness was, which is an inability to win when we absolutely have to, I think you're kind of halfway to like the outsiders are halfway to understanding. Like what a win like Monday night felt. Uh, how how a win like Monday night felt because if you it, Tottenham the kind of club whereby you know when Leicester when Leicester dropped their points on Sunday you thought well Tottenham been given an olive branch but they're the kind of team who are going to fumble it yeah. and you think yeah I can see that but then to come out like that and it was it was it wasn't a sort of it wasn't that it was just clinical it was a fuck off and get out of the way it was a bulldozer like just uh. Stoke were made to look absolutely shit, and they're not. They're, they they are like we said that they are. They're a really talented team, and certainly like you know that their four forwards are are excellent on their day when they combine. I I almost feel as if like the the years leading up to this, and I, I'm probably I'm talking about like if you, if you look at our journey from when we had our first big fall off. So in the eighties, we were still obviously a very good mm. team when we were. We could have won the league a couple of times, and we're probably a similar team to what we are now. I'm not saying it's directly similar, but in terms of stature and size. So it feels like we are now, you know, we're always around the kind of like top five places. Um, we're knocking on the door of Champions League or whatever you want to call it, or at least challenging with the bigger yeah. teams. And it feels like, you know, normality really for Tottenham has been resumed. But it's, it's almost like the past kind of two decades, the malaise that we've had is it's created this perfect storm for a manager like Pochettino to come in. A manager like Pochettino, whose ethos is very much about, you know, absorb it, absorb all this, like this pressure, this negativity and use it, use that as fuel. And you can see that echoed through like the comments from players like, you know, Vertonghen, Alderweireld have come out, but more notably like Harry Kane, Deli Alley in the, in the past couple of weeks have said, you know, all the doubt, all the criticism, all the this is Ericsson said something to this effect as well. This Spursy, this Spurs are going to fuck it up. This inevitably Spurs aren't going to do it. It, it. It's almost like Pochettino's. He, he relishes that. He's like, eat this, lads. This is what people think of you. Slap it back in their faces. Do it. And I, I think that's why I've got just such a buzz about this season now because it's, it like I say, it, it is that perfect storm, and it just feels like we're primed to just. To just do it now at that point, like you're saying, so at that point where usually 
you, know, you fuck it. Leicester have dropped points, and this is when Spurs fuck it up, and everyone someone has a gets a red card. We have a dodgy y- penalty. Yeah, and Arsenal overtake us, and blah 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 yeah. blah. The usual shit happens. No, we're not. We're not having it. You know, Man United had that first good half against us. And people started to think, is this the Tottenham wobble? We came out after I was the, one of you them. Know. You remember what I said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we're so it's so programmed into us to feel that way. Because like I say, we've we've we have. We've had twenty years of watching Spurs do that continually. And it's hard to escape from that. But it's but, hard and it, it's the most wonderful catharsis, Jack. I mean I, I um to get back to, to the station afterwards, to get back to the hotel after the station afterwards, I kind of snuck on to one of the no, the, was that a train station set? So what was it like? You watch any of the pictures. It's uh, it's very nice from the outside. It's got nice architecture. It's kind of a, a sort of a baroque thing going on there. It's lovely. But I um I snuck onto the shuttle for there was some space on the shuttle for the um the charter train back to London. And I was sitting in there and and just um I was by myself by that point and I was listening to the kind of the conversations around me and and guy was just so much enthusiasm. Like usually when you're in that scenario, you're listening to Spurs fans moan and it's fucking this, we should have fucking done that. You know, that kind of chat. And, and you just think that is the life of a Tottenham fan after a big game. And there were just, there was just so much enthusiasm. Like people were bubbling with it. it just, uh, it was, it was a, an amazing place to be. It was, um, it only yeah. takes a title race for the Tottenham fan base to fucking cheer up, eh? But, um, well, it's, yeah, yeah. So, Raj, sorry, you're still there. I mean, I've, I've been talking far too much. I was, I was going to say, Raj, um, <laughs> I mean, people will say, like, it, it was only Stoke, they're on the beach, they're this or that. But I still think we do have to consider the fact that Stoke are, on their day, they, they can be a handful. And they still have some players they're capable of causing us an upset. But it there was such a determination about Spurs. Would do you like buy into this idea that it was one of our most complete performances of the season? Or do you think we still need to have that like clarity that it was just Stoke at all? I think it's the, the start that put them off, to be honest. Cause if you, um, if we started tentatively and we didn't sort of um, impress ourselves upon them from the first whistle, then it might have given them a bit of a whiff and you know a bit of encouragement that they may have some joy against us. And they have got the players um, when motivated that can hurt you. There's, you know, they've, I think there's that statistic that they've got the most former Champions League winners in their squad out of everyone else in the Premier League. So they're not sure of talent, um, even amazing. though you know, even though you know Charlie Adam and Glenn Whelan still play for them, but. Um, <laughs> The fact of the matter is that we we didn't give them a, a you know a sniff at all, and as you say, there there is the fact that they are on the beach, and that does play into it somewhat. I mean, the the psychology of sport is something that we don't fully understand, but things like that that um, seem quite easy, and and you know, it's not adding two and two together and getting five, but it is. It happens far too often in the league season for it not to affect them. If you've got nothing to play for, if you've got nothing to do, then you're obviously not going to be as motivated, but. The fact that we we sort of from first kick to last just said that no this is this is our game you're making up the numbers was very impressive that there wasn't um, there wasn't any chance of them getting into it there wasn't any there wasn't any fear I could, you could almost sense you know the fact that Harry Kane's posting pictures of lions <laughs> on the prowl on Instagram. Um, Ross, maybe... do you think, I mean I I mean I I don't know I haven't yet seen it back on TV but like. I, I didn't. I mean, after 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 we scored the second, Stoke were on the beach. They were done, and they they quit basically. 
But for that first hour, they really worked us. I thought Stoke, I mean, that they didn't create anything is really down to us. I just kind of, I remember I've read some people saying, well, you know, he's walk over. I, I, don't, I disagree. Stoke, um, Stoke, without doing anything particularly dangerous in the final third, played pretty well for, for, for most of the first half. And like a couple of their players, Mbula was excellent. He's a very, very good player, I think. Um, but I, I just think it's a sort of, I just resented a little bit. I just, I just think no, we shut that, we shut them out of that game. There was no sort of, there was no lack of application from Stoke in my my mind. Um, I don't know how that looked on TV. I, you know, maybe different, but it just, um, yeah. You know what it's like. It's you know, you know when you watch a rugby game and yeah. somebody somebody takes that first run in, and you can almost tell if there's one team that wants it more than the other, and there's a bit more impetus in it. The fact that we, we did just dictate the pace of it. There wasn't there wasn't anything that allowed them to get into it. I mean, at the end of the day, no footballer, I don't think, ever goes into a match intending to lose. I don't think Stoke fans will have um Stoke fans will have will have wanted to see their team lose or anything like that. Um but the fact of the matter is that sort of if you don't give them anything to take heart from, then they they yeah. they are just gonna to have to step aside. It is yeah, one of those things where like even yeah. yeah, even even subconsciously you just sort of go, you know, this this isn't the one. It's like, you know, when you watch a, a boxing fight or you watch a boxing fight, what else are they fucking gonna do with it? It's not a boxing <laughs> dance, is it? You know when you see you know when you you know like Anthony Joshua's fights when he gets put in against a pub fighter and they take one of his first jabs and they you sort of see it in their eyes after that. They they're just waiting really praying for the canvas. That's what happened to Stoke. Yeah. They were they were just they were waiting to get laid out and um and that's what yeah. happened. It's very interesting that you bring up Anthony Joshua there because I, I was thinking the other day, like in this title race, Spurs basically are Anthony Joshua and Leicester are your kind of Tyson, Tyson Fury. Fury. You know, <laughs> that works like, on a few levels, doesn't it? Well, exactly, yeah. The problematic, like, <laughs> outside story yeah. that links them together aside. Which we must not talk about. <laughs> well, it's Fury. Well, Gary Lineker will be angry if you, with you if you do. Um is Oliver Holt, you know, other people that sort of, yeah. Don't. But it's just like we're that toned, hungry, young, ruthlessly efficient side that's supremely confident but not arrogant. Whereas I think he's there is just... a little bit of arrogance to us, Jack, and I, I mean, not in a, not in a sort of. I don't know way. if there is, mate. I, I, when I think of arrogance, and I know there's I'm a hint of bastard by... to us, definitely. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Team. And, uh, maybe, or maybe, maybe arrogance is absolutely the wrong word, actually, in your respect. But I, there's a little thing. I don't know. It's just like we just we're not going to be pitching up. We're not going to be told we're the young team and we shouldn't win anything. Like you know, Eric Dyer going down the Man City players <laughs> escalator, things like that. You know. Eric Dyer telling Yaya Toure to fuck off in the tunnel, or who, you know, it's 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 just yeah. like it's that kind of like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, I don't, I don't I don't care who you are. We're Tottenham Hotspur, and we're gonna we're you know we've just beaten you, so fuck off. You know, we're here now. You've had your day in the sun. This I um I that's that's what I love about it. There was a really interesting moment actually when um obviously Charlie Adam came on and and uh, without meaning to be conspiratorial about it, Charlie Adam was sent on to hurt somebody. Um, quite obviously, and um, I think uh, I think it was Lamella who escaped down the flank, and Charlie Adam basically just rugby tackled him. And um, like Adam obviously got dogs abuse off our fans, quite rightly because he's a bastard. Um, but he 
he just looked so out of place playing against a team like us. Like whereas in the past he's been quite effective. In, I mean, he had a pretty good game for us against Blackpool, and uh, not so much against Liverpool when we when we played for Liverpool, obviously. But he's been okay. He's he's sort of he's had his red cards, but he's been of an influence. And it was just it was satisfying because he quite obviously didn't belong on a pitch with some of our players. It's just like, mate, you know, have you, have you won a competition to be here? You know, just a sort of fat little toothless prick um, running around trying to kick players. And you just thought, mate, get down the tunnel and fuck off. You, you uh, know what it is that's, that's absolutely just, I don't know. Like, hate like him. To you. Absolutely <laughs> hate him. At full time, I had like, I was close to having like tears in my eyes yeah. just watching that Tottenham performance and watching that group of players and the way they've performed. And it's it's all season long we've we've been good. You know, we've been very, very good at points. But now it, it we just have that we have that swagger of champions. This is why I, I, I refuse to believe that a five point gap is insurmountable. Like seeing that Leicester performance the other day, and I know we said we aren't going to talk about Leicester's yeah, let's, karma, just, blah. Yeah, but but I, I don't care, mate. Like watch, watching them play the other day, like their arseholes are going, yeah. and they are. They're, they're a mess in the box. They are just so stunted. They were crap against Sunderland, who are one of the worst teams in the league, and they needed Vardy to be the difference for them. They did, and they needed Vardy again to be the difference, mainly against West Ham, who were far superior to them in that match like across the pitch yeah, yeah. West Ham were far superior to them yeah I thought West Ham played pretty well in that game actually I, I have to yeah. say I thought they were pretty unlucky and, and, and West Ham weren't even playing at their best either that's no. the thing felt pretty were, dirty celebrating a West Ham goal like a Spurs goal no, it, it was a Spurs goal mate. <laughs> it was like a Spurs goal well. that's, that's the way I <laughs> reconciled it but, but just seeing like I, I mean when you look at us defensively everything is just it's spot on like we're like one of these like we're like a German car at the back, you know, everything is in its place and everything works like clockwork and it's it's perfect. You've got the, the pressing and the intensity of the fullbacks, you've got the two lads at the back, you've got Dyer sort of screening them, dropping back, filling in and it just, it works telepathically on that front and I, I know only telepathically, whatever, I don't care if it's cliche, but it's the same up the top as well. It feels like against United and against this, we've, we've knocked on the door but now, like this, this the the fluid front four that we've spoken about yeah. in the past, it's just it's it's in full flow now. All of those lads, so some of the Ali, football, Ericsson, Kane, Lamella, yeah. the way they are playing, like you 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 can't really say oh, he's in you know he's he's playing at the left, he's playing this, he's playing like they are just like teams can't cope with it, they can't handle it because. Every, every time we attacked, it looked like there were play, like one of those lads was making a run from a different position. And they just, they're always working for one another, just so seamlessly. It's so incredible to watch. And I think this is, this is one of the things that is exceptional about Pochettino and is exceptional about the football we're playing at the moment is that it's not kind of, yeah, there are similarities between AVB and what AVB was trying to produce us. But there, there is, and you know, you're not going to let me say it, but there is a shade of of red nap kind of caution to the wind about it as well. It's it's it is like a, a, a I don't know, a perfect I don't know, almost I, like you, it's the two conflated. It, you've got that English, you know, no old bard. Let's just go out and have a run around, but with a very technical structuring to it, and that's why it, it seems to work. 
I just I love Pochettino you know, I, so I, much. I, I was thinking actually, um, and that there are holes in this theory, but it's a little bit <laughs> like it's a sort of it's the love child of the two philosoph- of the of the Redknapp and the Villas Burst philosophy, taking all the best aspects of it. Like, I would yeah. say that our attacking play is far more complex um, than now than it was. I mean, because with with Redknapp, it was very much a kind of width, you know, speed of pass, Modric looking for holes down the channels, that kind of football. Whereas now, I some of the football, you know, that noise you make, like when you've seen a good bit of play. Like mm-hmm. that, <laughs> there were, I was making that quite regularly during the game, which is quite rare for me. I'm not really that kind of fan, but I just at times you just think, Jesus, we're good. Like some of the some of the sort of, it was like watching a team training really because you you know when you watch a team train, there's sort of no inhibition, there's no pressure, and they just you know you see how good the players are. Um, and it was like that just again in in real time against the proper opposition, and um. Some of our exits were very good, and 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 just some of our the speed with which we moved from our third into the attacking third was at times unbelievable, uh, just so slick, um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, God, it was just great, love it. We're gonna fucking do it, lads. Yeah, we're, I think we're gonna win the league. We're gonna do it. We're gonna yeah. do it. Um, let's look ahead though to West Brom, because um, <laughs> how it would be. Awful now if uh, Leicester did drop points to Swansea because they've got the you know Vardy's missing and I don't think it's that unrealistic that they may or may not but we're not here to talk about Leicester City so no. let's just ignore them for now. West Brom again is one of those classic Tottenham fixtures. We've seen it in the past couple of years. We've lost at home to West Brom, um, where this is again another banana skin. It's a Monday night fixture. We're the only ones playing, I believe. There's every chance that the Tottenham of old would slip up in this, but as we said already, you don't get the feeling that we will. Um, is there anything about West Brom that's stood out for you in the in this season at all, Raj or Seb, that makes you think they could pose anything of a, of a threat to us at all? Mm, Raj? Uh, you know, they're one of those sides that are, you know unpredictable in what they do. They sometimes they come out and, and actually play football sometimes if he picks Rondon and, and Berahino and they've got Sessignon as well over times. They're they're typical Tony Pulis and they start with six central defenders. Um so it's you know it's hard to it's hard to gauge. You'd imagine Pulis would throw caution to the wind coming to White Hart Lane and what we've seen him before. He's not actually got a terrible record against us. Um no. Which would be, you know, somewhat worrying, but he's um we'll see. They're another one that's, you know, in a similar position to Stoke, a few places back, albeit, but they've they've not really got any relegation threat anymore. They've not got any European aspirations. They're probably gonna you know, they, there's not really much for them to really play for. Again, if we assert ourselves in a similar manner that we did against Stoke, I can't see them wanting to do too much against us. Um it's it's a strange one, really. I mean, like we said a few weeks ago, when you were like, "Oh," and we went through, and we went, "This is an hard game." It's when you're in this position, they're all hard games because you're not just playing against um, against teams, but you're playing against expectation, and yeah. and that's often, you know, often more troubling than the the actual people on the park against you. Like like I said, if if you give anyone in this league uh, a sniff that there's a, a chink in your armor, then they'll have a go, and you've just got to stand up to them and. And make sure that they they don't ever see 
a sign of weakness. Um, and that's the only way to proceed from here on. And you've got to do that against everyone. With four games left, um, it's just about never... You, you can't take your foot off the pedal whatsoever. I, I don't know how to articulate it because it's obviously never a position we've been in before. It's never something I've ever t- had to discuss before. It's a completely different... It's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, it's a completely different mindset, not just as a for obviously for the players and the fact that they're, they're going for something that is the biggest domestic honour in the country compared to, you know, a, a place in the table that we usually are. And, and as a fan as well, it's... It's a mindset I've never had to adopt before in in my life whatsoever, especially not with with Tottenham. So it's it's a very strange thing. It's almost um, it's almost as if you're battling yourself as much as anyone else. Um, as cliched as that may sound, it's it's a very strange situation to be in. Like I say, we've got more than enough talent and the ability and and everything to to do that. Um, will with you know a few goals to spare against West Brom, especially if we score early and don't give them a sniff. But then again, they've got they've got players that, that can hurt us and a manager that seems to enjoy uh upsetting parties and things. And uh, he's you know, he was in charge of, of Crystal Palace when they um when they took Liverpool to three all, was it? Um when they the wheels came off their title challenge. But we've still got that we've still got the the added bonus of of being the ones chasing rather than the ones you know, avoiding not to be caught. So I think that gives us a bit more impetus. Had we been top at this point, I think there would have been a more tangible feeling that there's a lot more for us to lose. And the fact that we, we've, we're almost timing it just right. And, you know, it's like when you, you, they always call league, don't they? A a marathon. It's when you see somebody, Mm. somebody kick too early and then there's someone wheeling them in, in the last couple of miles. That, that might just be the way it works out, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it's, uh, every time we've sat here and predicted something, it's it's gone yeah. the opposite way to what we've imagined it to. So I, I, I'm not a religious man in the slightest. I, I don't believe there's anything like that, but I'm very superstitious, um, which, you know, probably to a fault. And the fact that we didn't discuss Leicester last week and what happened to them happened, I, I don't want to cast no, neither, too much more not. doubt on them or, or speak too much doubt, uh, you know, speak too much about them anymore. But it's just about, you know, if we if we win everything we have left, then what happens at the end of the season can happen because we've we've done as, as best as we can. I mean, I, th- I think I read earlier today that sort of 72 points are our record points tally that we got with VB with Bale in the side. It's likely to give you second place this season in the Premier League. So that just shows you how, how strange this year has turned around. Um, so I think it's... I think I'm perhaps more uncomfortable than those players are. The fact that you you hear Harry Kane and and Delielli and the rest of them sort of you know with broad smiles and and uh, and talking about them itching to be on the park and and wanting to chase us down. That I think they're in a better mind frame than than perhaps we are. But um, you'd hope that'd be the case, wouldn't you? You know, I mean, I, I think one of you guys has mentioned this before, but I think it helps that. Um, three of our starting 11 have won league titles before at Ajax. Um, and the others, I think it actually plays into our hands that we've never been in this situation. So I think maybe if um, if our players have been in this scenario before and, and failed, I think that probably enters your mind at the moment. I mean, the perception I get anyway, and this is obviously just a guess, but it, it, it just seems as if we're playing on adrenaline. Um, the players just really... I mean, I... I, I 
I caught a little bit of um, Harry Kane's post-match interview yesterday, and um, and he was just talking about how much he, he was looking forward to playing because obviously we we talked quite a lot about sort of the the pros and cons of having to play last each weekend, and you know we're going to have to do that for another two weeks. Um, and he just said, "Well, you know, it's another twenty four hours where I was sort of kicking my heels. I just couldn't wait to get on the pitch." And and that's that's exactly what you want to hear a player say. Uh, you, it, rather than the kind of, oh, shit, we've just got to get through this. It's a kind of, no, we just want to get on the pitch and do it. And I really like that. And that, that just that fills me with confidence because that seems to be sort of um, echoed throughout the side. It's full of players that want to play and just want to win. And um, it's just not an ounce of fear there, which is really weird for us to get used to, of course. But, I mean, obviously, a lot of these players aren't in any way associated with our past. Um, so There's absolutely no reason for me why... We can't start next season playing this way. No, I mean, no, no. barring touch wood, it doesn't happen. Barring like an injury in Euro 2016 or something like that to one of our key figures, if a team like Leicester can continue in the form, yeah, because they were in a, a very rich vein of form at the end of last season and they've obviously carried that through into this year, there's no reason why we can't. And I, I still, even if we don't pull it off this year, I still will not buy into the idea that this is our big chance fucked. This is something very different. This is a solid foundation we have here. I think I think next season may get off to a slower start for everyone just because it tends to the uh, the season after a tournament, no matter um, mm. no matter who you are, just because you've had less time in pre-season and everyone sort of it messes with their, their preparation a bit more than they'd want it to. But um, yeah, there's, there's no reason they can't click into gear as long as everyone isn't injured. It'll, it'll just be perhaps the, the start of the season will be a bit more about the, the depth of the squad and, and getting some some sort of newer players in because there's the majority of our squad that's going to be there, to be honest. The amount of England internationals we have and, and Belgians and, and what have you, they'll, they'll all be away. And then <laughs> they're not small members of our squad. They tend to be key members. Um, so it's going to be... Um, I, I, the majority of our first 11 is going to be out there, essentially. Um, so we're going to have to sort of um, play it by ear at the start of next year. But um, that's that's just me getting me excuses in early, I think. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I wonder if this is a fact. I, 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 um, I don't believe for a second that Leicester will reproduce what they've done this season ever again. And I think maybe there's a little hint in that dressing room of a kind of, this is our one chance and we can't fuck it. Whereas, like like you guys say... In our squad, there's, I mean, and, and quite rightly, there's just there seems to be the sense of we're building something a bit more permanent. And okay, a lot of other teams, a lot of the sort of traditionally strong teams will improve next year, but there's no reason why we can't challenge again next year. And I think that from a sort of a an easing of pressure standpoint, I think that really helps. I mean, it's just it's it's that's again a complete guess, but it just it seems quite logical. I think like my my only concern. With this kind of thing, is a you know, Champions League is secured with three more points now. We need three more points, and Champions League is a mathematical certainty for Spurs now. So, I think you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar on the fact we'll be in the Champions League next year, which is a godsend. Um, the only kind of the only fear for me still is one of our players' heads getting turned is is someone like Kane having having that kind of the offer of someone like Bayern who have been linked to him again this week 
having someone like Bayern come in and I, I know we, we really want to believe that and not want to believe like Kane is he, he obviously bleeds Lily White and whatever else shit your dad as you want to throw at it but you know he, he's obviously very much a Tottenham boy and he, he loves what's happening at the club but you know as a professional look at someone like Sandro you know Sandro had the potential to go on and play for one of the top teams in Europe one injury and he's fucked and that's it and now he's playing at West Brom incidentally um, and I, I think a professional is always going to want to play at the top of the game and if there is a concrete offer that comes in for someone like Kane I'm, I'm still not convinced that they would unequivocally turn it down if if there was that 60 mil floated or well we wouldn't accept that okay forget however much they offer us were there a, a, a bid that was too good for Spurs to turn down for someone like Kane, for someone like Ali, even someone like Ericsson, who has actually really had a phenomenal season? Like, yeah. there's so many players that have had such good seasons, and they're, they're probably not getting the plaudits they deserve, not through any kind of perceived sense of injustice, but just from the fact that there are too many success stories. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. ...to talk about in Tottenham's team this year. There are far too many. Eric Dyer, Danny Rose, Toby Alderweireld, even Jan Vertonghen, Carl Walker's improved. Every, nearly every single one of the players in our team this season has improved considerably. So much so that if it were any other season, there would be articles, think pieces, Twitter adulation for, I would, I would comfortably say, for any one of the players in this team, mm. were, were they to be you know, stepping their game up in, on a solo basis as they all have done this season. But I still do worry that, like, you know, it, I guess, again, maybe that's an inbuilt fear, but it, that we do still have a bit of a house of cards situation, perhaps. That, do you, Jack, you know, do you not think, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, history tells me you're right. Pochettino's my biggest worry, just he, that's, that's the thing. He I'll is, say. but you, I mean, I, I can't, I don't worry about those things now or in the summer because, well, I mean, it seems fairly certain now. If Man United lose tonight, then we're, we're a Champions League team again. Do you not think that sort of? I understand there are still bigger clubs than us on the continent, but if you've built something and you've okay, say say we were to finish second, that's a temptation just to say, well, you know, I'm becoming. He is. I mean, it's ridiculous in such a short space of time. He's he's sort of he's moving towards a kind of iconic status at the club, which is it's premature and he's not quite there yet. He was to win the league, and if any of those players to win the league, they become sort of they become Tottenham immortals. 
Um, and the chance to say, I'm going to be the guy that takes this club back to where they once were. That's a huge incentive. And also, you know, from a financial, I understand that the, the draw over Real Madrid or Bayern Munich, of course I do. But, you know, from a financial standpoint, you know, the Premier League's broadcasting contracts allow us to maybe not match that that sort of um, financial muscle, but come close to it. And, you know, the, even things like the, the stadium transition, whereas, you know, we, we had that kind of, originally had that sort of awkward intermediary period between White Hart Lane and the new ground. Now it looks like we're going to be playing at Wembley. I mean, it's a pretty great place to be, Tottenham. It um, is. I mean, at the moment, all, I think. All, all I, 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 I say, agree with you. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to talk myself out of many of the things no, that you've said. No, no, of said, course, no. But, but it's, it's a salient point. I mean, all I would say is that I think that, and I guess maybe this is whatever Lily White specs or mm. again whatever you want to put it as. I still think as much as you can apply that to us, you know, Pochettino is, and I am mainly talking about Pochettino. He's an ambitious guy. Yeah. He 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 obviously very much wants to be regarded as someone like, you know, Pep Guardiola, you know, in that kind of bracket. You know I I, I hate to be so like I lo- I love Spurs. I love what's going on. Don't get me wrong, please don't take this as me being negative and dismissive of what we're building and what we're going towards, but at the same time there's still that that element of, you know, if you win the league with Spurs, it's great, but you're a great underdog story. You win the league, you take someone like Manchester United from the shambles and the calamity that they've been since Ferguson left. You steady that ship and you make Man United Man United again, you're a legend, you know, yeah. and you're, you can be elevated to that world elite type bracket as opposed to just being the guy that completed a good underdog story with Tottenham. You know, it's like, uh, it it's, if you can get a team like United, punch again, if he was given assurances that he can, you know, like, you know, because it's been said before, like Charlton's come out and said, there is an appetite, there's a recognition at United now that they've let their academy fall by the wayside. The infrastructure of the club has been too controlled by money men, so on and so forth. And they, they're starting to realise how that's backfired. And there is a real appetite now to actually take a step back and build something proper at United again. And I can only see someone like Pochettino really, aside from maybe Simeone, someone like Pochettino being an ideal candidate for them. And if he is given that, say, like, not even a blank checkbook, he's just given a blank canvas to be like, look, this is Manchester United, this is yours, do what you've done for Spurs here, and you can go down in history as... I don't know. That's, that's, that is my fear. That's, yeah, I know it sounds I don't, no, silly. It's entirely rational, though. Entirely rational, even. But I, I, the thing is, it's one thing for Bobby Charlton to say that. It's another yeah, true, for, for Ed course. Woodward to to yeah. show that he actually believes it. Ed Woodward. Well, you've got a noodle attention. company offering you a billion. Yeah, pounds, you know? he, he, like I mean, it's... Ed Woodward wants a. He wants to run a TV program, yeah, essentially, yeah, okay. not a football that's club. Fair. And like until he grows out of the kind of Neymar, Bale, Ronaldo bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Then I, could, I mean, I know you know the the Pochettino being ambitious thing. I think I agree, but I mean, I, I think it's a little overstated because yes, he left Southampton early, but I think he left Southampton early partly because um, they allowed Nicola Cortese to leave the club um, because Cortese was his guy. Yeah. He brought him there from yeah. Espanol, and I think I, I don't know. I'd like to think that we'd still have been able to attract him, but I think. And they he, were fucking selling his best players. They were selling all of his players. Well. And you yeah, just thought, so. well, if I was Pochettino in that system, in that situation, I'd have gone from thinking, 
you know, well, maybe I can do something Tottenham like the Southampton to fuck this. You know, yeah. and I yeah. and I completely yeah. understand that. I would have made the same decision even if I'd had no allegiance. Um, but yeah, Man United. I mean, if Man United were ever to become, I, I just think if Man Man United becoming what Man United were is at least five years away. Because if you know the kind of infrastructure, think how long it took us to 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 redevelop our training ground, to put all the pieces in place, to make all the mistakes we needed to make to to kind of get to the formula that we we we're now profiting from. I just. Like you gotta be absolutely out of your mind to go to Man United in the next eighteen months, at least. And um, yeah, I, I, I um, I, I love being able to say that. <laughs> I think I, think I love well, it. I, 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 we now have no geographical rivalry, geographic rivalry with them, but it's just so great. It's just <laughs> to well, see them found. I, th- I think <laughs> in so, like a sign of how far we've come is that. I don't think in my entire lifetime I've ever seen any sound bites about Tottenham and Man United other than they thumped us again and Ferguson's lads is Tottenham. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. that's about it. But now, when you have the manager and you have fans of Manchester United now bitching at Spurs, talk yeah, talking about what a small club we are and how we wish we were their size, and that, that it's almost like we've got them rattled now that they actually deem us worthy of having a pop at, you know, we were just, we were insignificant to them before, much like, uh, you know, many teams are in the league to us. And it's, yeah, it's a shitty mentality to have, but, you know. I don't think it's, it's unfair, man. Like, I mean, but I think, I mean, they get as angry as they like, but they're not relevant to us at the moment. They will be next not. season. It's like Arsenal. I, I, um, I was on the train back and I saw somebody say. Careful, careful. No, but it, I'm not, no, I'm not going to say that. I just, I, I, Arsenal aren't irrelevant because Arsenal are still in touch, but, um, I saw somebody tweet out, someone I hadn't heard of before, someone tweet out um, something along the lines of, oh, if Tottenham win the league, it will really just be about them finishing above Arsenal, which we all know is bollocks. And I, I remember thinking, it's, I, I don't think I've ever been to a Tottenham game where Arsenal have been referenced less mm-hmm. by chanting. I mean, at the end, of, right at the end when the game was won and, you know, there was a little bit of that and the sort of the Wenger-Savile thing appeared. Um, <laughs> which I, I don't I really don't like that I, I don't um, you know, no, I really hate that. I don't sing no, that song no, at all no, I just not, not on at all it's, um, it's not my not my sense of humor no no neither mine um, but I, um, I, I it's, it's funny because it's not we don't think like that we don't you know Man United are not relevant and it's not about us finishing above Arsenal because I mean okay well, I'm not going to count my check-ins but it's just we're looking up we're looking above that kind of stuff now and I think that's that's sort of symptomatic of, of how much we've grown. Uh, yes and no. I think it's partly because we're still in contention for the league title, which is crazy to say. Of course, so we actually, of course. We have if we weren't, we'd be talking about, you know, mind Precis- the gap yeah, and all that stuff. And yeah, I absolutely. Think come, come the end of the season, do we finish second and they finish fourth? It will be full flow. Let's all laugh at Arsenal, you know, and and rightly fucking so as well for the years of shit we've had to endure from them. Like I don't care about small club cup final this and that. I could not give a shit. They are gonna get it from Tottenham mate. They've got a day named after so. the point in the season when exactly that is the selfies, so, the celebrating at the lane, uh, everything. I've the already years of it. Yeah, and I've already heard a little bit of kind of. Yeah, I'm not really bothered about finishing beneath Spurs. I just want to make sure. I, I just want Leicester to Bollocks. win the title. Well, if, if if you're if you think like that, you're not really an Arsenal fan, because yeah. that's what the rivalry is. 
It's like when we played, um, we played them in the League Cup, and there were people going, "Oh no, no, no! We should throw this game for City on Sunday or whenever that game actually was." You're thinking, it, that's not what the North London derby is. That's not, you know, you can't. Yeah, nothing we haven't said before. They say they don't really care about Spurs, but they all seem to have pretty strong opinions when Jack Wilshere starts up his chance on. Yeah, mean, when they win, the, when they, stuff, when, they yeah, yeah, when they win the FA Cup, and you know, let's not do that. Fuck that. No, I don't care about them really. I mean, we'll 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 glow as and when the time is appropriate, of course. But um, for the moment, we've got bigger fish to fry. Let's do a couple of questions before we uh before we close. This God, I'm angry this week, aren't I? Yeah, well, it's angry. It's good. It's, it's passionate. I just yeah, passion. Um, that's what that's what it's enthusiasm. Has given us. It's enthusiasm, it's, not anger. I'm just fucking loving it. I do what for all his like. Oh, I save my passion for the bedroom. He's fucking. He's not at the moment. I tell you, I know, it's I've so never good ever seeing him. Said I save my passion for the bedroom. No, no, Pochettino, not you. Like that's his. Oh, right. uh, okay. You know, he always says, "As I save my passion for the bedroom." Past few games, like especially against Stoke, slapping the turf. He's really getting into it. Love it. I love seeing that from him. The boss, El Jefe, El Grande Jefe. Um, let's have a look. We uh, okay at Spurs and the Blood asks us, do you think we'll be as good next year with the likes of City, Chelsea, Pool, and United strengthening? I think like Liverpool will be more of a threat, but I think City, Chelsea, and United in particular, they've got more to fix than just a summer of spending a bit of money. Will I don't know. I think we'll we'll still be up there. I said that earlier. I don't know about you two, but yeah, yeah. Don't know, the, the, the odd the league works in. Mysterious ways, doesn't it? Um, this is true. Leicester City might win it this year. So <laughs> um, I didn't mean that necessarily, but <laughs> yeah, you know, people can get a roll on that you don't expect them to, and players can suddenly come back from, you know, the brink that you 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 know Eden Hazard's done absolutely nothing this season whatsoever. He's been absolutely awful, but that doesn't mean if a manager that comes in reinvigorates him actually, you know, makes him want to play football again. Um, that doesn't mean that he can't have a season like he did two years ago. Um, and there's, there's all sorts. There's potential in those clubs. There always is because they've got bottomless pits of money and um, and, and things to do with. And, and there, there's always a quick fix to be made. I mean, if you look at Chelsea's history since Roman Abramovich come in, come came in, it, it defies logic because they flip flop with managers and and you know identities so often, but they've consistently won things because of the amount of investment. And uh, I don't think that's likely to change. I mean, Guardiola as well is is not a man you you sort of count out. I know that Manchester City do look fairly abysmal, but they they have some of the best individual talents in the league. And, uh, you know, one or two more pieces, one or two more 50, 60 million pound transfers and mm. you're looking at another super team. It's uh, There's there's a lot to be said for how well we've played and uh, where we are right now is not an artificial position because we have been the best side in the league this season. Um, the, the statistics of, of, of everything show you that much. I mean, if, if anyone's in a false position, and I don't mean that in a snide way, I, I, it goes back to what I said about the league being unpredictable. It, it's Leicester because of, you know, of, of how, you know, of how it just doesn't add up that they're there whatsoever. Um, but it's, you know, I don't want to go out and write those clubs off before they've they've done anything no, because yeah. you, ne- you never know. Um, I think you, you've just got to sort of measure yourself against yourself, really. And, and if we 
come out next season, we play a similar style of football and we, we challenge those clubs and we, we, you know, I don't want to say keep on their tail, but we're, we're just as competitive. Um, it, it, it'll come down to how well they play against other teams, essentially. You, you can't always... Um, you can't always guarantee that they're going to be dropping points to Newcastle away or anything like that because it's, as I say, it works in mysterious ways. You, you just don't know how it's going to go. That, that that statistic that I said earlier about the fact that, you know, that 72-point season under AVB would have given us second place this year and it gave us, what, fifth that year, shows you just how it can swing depending on how the, the general feeling across the the league is. The, the, the shit teams in our league might get even shitter or they, they may get better and that may... Swing it off even further. Um, you just you, like West so, Ham might be up there, you know, for all we know. Exactly with with you know the fact that they're stadium. paying yeah two pound fifty a week or something that they're paying for it is yeah. you know don't buy their own corner flags. That's that's a travesty, but that's an argument that for another day. Uh, yeah, that is yeah quite right. It's it's an absolute heist. But um, I'd say they're going for Zlatan this summer, but they've already they've got Andy Carroll, haven't they? So <laughs> he's just yeah. Andy Carroll's just scored again. That's what. It's uh, yeah, so I mean, like I say, um, I'm not I'm not worried about them because I'm very happy with where my club is. But there's um, I don't, I, at the same time I don't want to be flippant about sort of their their financial power and muscle and the fact that they they can just you know no it's a good show. you know yeah. lick their thumb and roll out a few extra twenties and get in the people they need to because <laughs> that's the way it works in in this sport these days. If we we crack on, you know buying. Teenagers for five million and turning them into England internationals <laughs> in in three months, then I'll uh, I'll be right as rain. I wouldn't say no to Gareth Bale though. I still wouldn't. Oh, me, 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 old, me old man said that the other day. He's, he says, how, "How much do we uh, do we have to pay to get Gareth Bale back in the summer?" And I think me and you theorised about this once in a, in a text that we jacked. Yeah, obviously we'd prefer Modric, but um, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would now. I don't. I I, I think I just like silly. the principle of taking a player off of Real Madrid. Just, <laughs> but I, just, um, I would find that very satisfying. I guess so. I yeah. yeah. But with with, with Bale, I, I think. I wonder if he's more realistic in a way. With Bale, I think um, the uh, moving into the new stadium and everything could be that that the the opportunity in sort of couple of seasons time because I don't think he's going anywhere this year. Um, but in a couple of scenes time, perhaps. But the the only stumbling block that I had when we were got all conspiratorial, conspiratorial about it was the fact that by the time that that happens, we'll likely be sponsored by Nike, and he's obviously one of the biggest faces at Adidas, and that that sponsorship world has a lot more sway in those types of things than you often give it credit for. Um, and uh, I think that's that's something that maybe not a stumbling block in terms of what we'd want, but maybe on a, on a commercial revenue, the the amount of extra money that our sponsors may be willing to give us on top for having one of their biggest uh, endorsements on uh, in that shirt um, would be would be a bit different. But as I say, that's a that's a pipe dream for another time. Um, when does the new shirt deal get announced? Must be soon. Under Armour have got another year. No, but I mean, we'll, we'll presumably announce it before the end of um, next season. Of, yeah, before the end of next season. I wonder mm. what. Um, yeah, it's just a wondering. Ignore Under Armour are a massive up and coming company, though. They they've got they've just sort got of Southampton as well. Have they, they? Well, they've got. Yeah, they're, they're the second biggest brand in the state in terms massive. of sporting brand. Well, second yeah, they've, they've got all the they've got the all the states. champions at the moment, haven't they? They've got. Um, yeah. Uh, so they've got Steph Curry in the NBA. They've got Jordan Spieth in, in golf. 
Um, they've been doing everyone. Well, Andy Murray, um, actually, as well. So yeah. they signed him to an agreement. So they're, they're doing very well. And um, they're, they're, yeah, they're blowing up. So it could be... It, could, it might not be a bad place to stay, really, um, especially with the the NFL tie-in and stuff. They've got uh, what's his name, Cam Newton, as well, the the quarterback. So um, if they want to, what do you call, draft him in for London Hotspurs or whatever they're going to be called in the NFL in a couple of years' time, then, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, then don't know if that will happen. The London Lions, yeah, yeah something, like that, something like that. Yeah, isn't it? yeah uh, that'll, that'll, that'll happen. Um, I mean. Uh, that's an inevitability as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah. I quite like it if they uh, reinvigorate the Monarchs. That was the old team. That was quite fine, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it was. Well. London, London Monarchs. God, that was weird, wasn't it? It's funny though. We were, we were ahead of the curve on the old NFL team. If anyone yeah. tries to give us any shit about it this time. I, to be honest, I'm probably going to be one of the people giving a shit about <laughs> NFL Titan. But um, fuck the NFL. Greet everyone. Christ. Well, that's that's um, the whole reason they've changed the layout of the stadium and everything, isn't it? Yeah, With the big changing yeah. rooms and the pitch on wheels and shit like that. It's, that's how they're paying for it and not sort of going into debt. Yeah. So there's 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 pros and cons. Obviously, you just gotta. I'm just being a toss. I, I don't, I don't, me? I don't think so. Really, I mean, it is deeply uncomfortable. Um, the way that the club's sourcing their money and the deals that they're making, um, but you've, you, I suppose you've got a grin and bear it. It's still better than maybe uh, sort of being being bought by people with awful human rights records or something like that, and spending a shitload and things like that. It, it's still people that fund kind of like terrorist organisations or rob the mineral wealth of <laughs> nations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's uh, it's 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 minorly better than that. We'll say. I'm not even sure you can say minorly. I'm not, I don't think that's a word, but we'll use it now. I'll have that, works. I'll have that as a neologism. I'd allow it in a game of Scrabble with you. It'd be okay. I wouldn't. I'd get dictionary out if somebody tried to play that against me. You, you definitely would as well. Yeah, 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 I'd throw my toys right out of the ground. <laughs> Stephen Howes at idiot underscore wind underscore 54 asks us, if we can win the league... On the last game of the season, what set of circumstances would stop you watching it? If I guess if we don't, I, None, I don't know. Everything else can well maybe maybe a, a death possibly. I actually think it's uh, it's the fifteenth of May, isn't it? That's my granddad's mm. birthday. Um, right. Yeah. So, so it's either going to be. He'll understand. He'll understand. It's either going to be a very good. Your dad's a Spurs fan as well, though. So my granddad on the other side. Um. So my my dad's a bit better than that now. My dad has. My dad sort of he plays the game with the family much better than I do. I'm the one that's more likely to sort of fall out with everyone and take myself off to a television, whereas my dad will sort of sneakily keep an eye on the score and and you know tappers and stuff if if something's happening. But I'm I'm the one that sort of you know makes the trade-ins that you probably shouldn't. Um, but you know I I imagine um, I'll be able to sit with my laptop on my knee as long as we're not out of the house or something like that. But um, we'll see. I think it may well come down to the last game of the season, really. The thing that I do hope is that, and it's not looking this way, is that Newcastle's fate is sorted before then. But they've they've suddenly realised that they're in trouble and um, have started playing a bit better. So we're, we'll see. I mean, it's it's almost a, a dream scenario for the broadcasters, isn't it? Can you imagine building that? Newcastle win to stay in the league, Tottenham win to win the title. It's... Uh, Mate, they're probably still just a pointless Man United game. 
<laughs> Sky will be uh, stitching together the uh, montage now. I, I, I'm not. I think it will take till the final day to seal it. But I think overall we're going to win the league comfortably. Mm. I, I think relegation is going to be sorted by the, end of the last day I've got as well. Margin. I said to you two the other day in a, in a text though that I uh, I quite fancied winning it on goal difference, just to sort of rub in the fact that we have been so <laughs> much better than anybody else. The fact that our goal differences is astronomically high it's ever been. I mean, I can you know I don't think I can remember the the amount of times that we finished with a positive goal difference, and, and even then it's sort of in single figures. The fact that it's what thirty nine of them goals superior to any other team in the league. Yeah, it's it's absolutely it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Absolutely best defense, best bad. best attack. It is the complete and utter opposite of what you are usually used to from this club historically, and. Uh, you know, you can talk about fairy tales at other places all you want, but this is just as unprecedented. We have scored more goals than any other team and conceded less. Right, Harry Kane scored more goals than Aston Villa. Yeah. Like, that's just that's insane. <laughs> Christ, yeah. what a miserable end for that club. Jesus. They're going back to back. They're going down to League One next year. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Raj. wouldn't be surprised, would yeah, you? Right. made that point earlier, didn't you? Um, let's have a look. Push a T at. Uh, we didn't really answer Stephen's question. What's set second? It would be something horrible, Stephen, to be honest. I don't really want to speculate, but it would be something terrible. It'd be something truly, truly awful. Come rain or shine, I think I can speak for all of us and say we'll be watching that game. So, come in Spurs. Um, Push a T at underscore Simmons underscore asks us Do you think Delhi? And Eric go on double dates together. I don't think they invite the girlfriends. They definitely go on sort of day trips together, don't they? And, uh, you know, cinema, joint middle of the day. They've got no better to do after training. FIFA for hours and then round each other houses. It's almost like a Big weird little... It's, it's very. It's a very platonic brotherly love that they have. I don't think there's oh, any mate, I love of, it. I love yeah, it. So I mean, it's, fact, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, there's no sort of, I don't think there's any homoeroticism about it, although the, the, yeah. I wouldn't have any issue with that because they're both very handsome men. Um, but it's, um, you know, it's it's just We're nice to see because that, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's no real, I mean, Kevin so. Wimmer's I mean, a bit. You've got to be quite good looking to get a place in this team. I mean, it's, uh, mm. you know, uh, Kevin Wimmer, I wouldn't, I, I, uh, he's the only not, one that had sort of Wimmer's a handsome man. No, he's not. He's got really. He's, uh, he's got a weirdly chubby face. I don't. I'm not a fan. No. He's a bit like a salami, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's got a bit. of got a t- touch of the David Camerons about him. I think. Wow, that's, that's cold. Okay. He's. He's. He just has a very heavy face. Um. By the way, by, I, uh, before, I, I the, uh, before the before the game on it? Monday, Wimmer was out uh, signing. I like, really took the time to sign uh, autographs for kids before the warm up started. So that's always good to see. Did you go elbow him out of the way and get your stomach signed? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I, I, <laughs> no, my face. Sign <laughs> <Sorry>, my forehead. <laughs> no, but it's nice to see, and it, people should know that our players do things like that, I think. What do you mean you're signing them for children? I'm the Premier uh, League owl. Uh, I'm only 31. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who I am? I'll write a scathing article about you. Yeah. <laughs> Show him. That wasn't like me Don't use the, that that training. that brand on the pod, mate. We've talked about. Oh that. Christ! Yeah, I'm not allowed. I remember. Yeah, sorry. I'm not dead. It's over. Don't speak ill of the dead. That exactly. Let it rest. I love the owl. Bring him back. No, he's gone. Did you design? Out of interest, I've always wanted to know. Did you design that picture? It's clip yeah. art. 
No, I thieved it off um, Google Images and then it ran it through um, Photoshop a couple of times. Mm, okay. So I, I fucked about with it, but I didn't put it on that. I thought I missed him. Do you have, did you ever consider getting T-shirts made or anything? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I didn't go... Uh, Ooh, I was no. about to about to put a no. I won't I won't finish that sentence. Okay, okay. take a shot. There. Um, let's. <laughs> um, He's got business cards made up that he gives to lasses on the end of a night out, saying you've just had a hoot with a Premier League owl. <laughs> no, mate, it, it, it doesn't even have any words on it. It's just the owl, but one of its eyes is winking. That's the only thing on the business card. <laughs> with on the other side, aubergine the emoji. <laughs> If, if we win the league, Seb, can you please get a tattoo of the aubergine emoji? No, obviously not. Just I've somewhere discreet. You've you've got plenty no, of no, tattoos, I've, so you'll I've get gone a... far too many already, mate. No, no. I have actually committed to lads. By the way, I have committed to a Tottenham tattoo if is, we win the league. Is it Clinton year. and G on your back? No, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll probably get a little Tottenham crest somewhere, and I'm I'm quite I'm happy against to do that. tattoos, and I'm quite against especially football tattoos. Sorry, I, maybe I'm a snob. Or something, what happened to Clinton like, and G on your back? I want it was like Timothy Atuba, wasn't it? No, I, you texted me the other day, drunk, and you said that um, yes. you wanted. Uh, we, we best not talk about our drunk interactions. That Allow is me a not water. You do not want to pull out, Raj. I think. Um, and uh, yeah, um, you said to me that you you told your last that you wanted um, Clinton and G's face doing the size of your back. I'll do. I'll, I'll do. I'll do the crest on my shoulder. I haven't got anything on my upper arm, so I'll, uh, I'm happy to do the uh, to do that, but. Um, yeah, now you have to tweak it a little bit. But no, no, Clinton. Was, I'm afraid. I was saying the other day that I'll get coys across one set of knuckles and <laughs> foy foyg across the other. That'd be quite good. Wait, mate, Put your hands together I'm and then fully you know. spurs that huge spurs points. Get me but some numbers. Club numbers should actually points. reward that with loyalty points. I think you know actually make you ticket eligible for certain games if you have that tattoo. You can fit THFC fifteen sixteen across your knuckles, can't you? You get White Hart Lane on your chest as well, like the actual <laughs> the water the ground, <laughs> not not a the... really accurate and kind of <laughs> detailed, detailed yeah tattoo of White Hart Lane. Just the there. blueprints <laughs> like you're in Prison Break. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to interpret this. So we've had a, one from our our favourite Twitter handle named Chap. Um, Sam Jones at Jamscons95. Yeah, you love that one, don't you, Raj? It just makes I me love laugh. how much it tickles it you. Just you makes love me it. Laugh. It's just, you know, it's, it is good. It's that, it, it's that, it, it's where it's, it's not too clever, but it's just clever enough to make yeah, it funny. It's all right. He says, uh, Game, of, Game of Thrones is back this week. Uh, he, and then the, the rest of the question says, Who in the Spurs squad could with the Game of Thrones? But I'm assuming, I'm going to interpret this as, who in the Spurs squad could be in Game of Thrones or what characters are who in Game of Thrones? Right, Hugo Lloris mm. is a snidey, he, uh, little finger motherfucker. He's uh, <laughs> yeah. he's making, he's got his arms behind his back making little snidey deals, kick, kicking women assume... out of sky wells and shit. He's, he's the one that you, you've got to keep an eye on. Do you think? Yeah, I think it, I think there's a, a ruthlessness about Hugo Lloris that you don't see. He'll smile, oh, he'll smile in your face, yeah. and then organise your death behind your back. H- Hugo to me is a classic Stark. He's a Stark, like he's he's heart and he's passion. Yeah. No, that's he... Eric Dyer. No, no, I don't. I don't think I don't see Dyer as a Stark. I think Hugo is classic Stark. I think, I think 
Harry Kane. Is no Kane's not a star. Harry Kane is reek. Dire Luke. <laughs> Fazio's Hodor. Yeah, he fucking is. Isn't Fazio. <laughs> yeah, and Delia Lee's a kid that he carries around. Sherwood is a white Joffrey. I don't think we've got a jo- maybe Eric Lamella. Ali's a bit of a Joffrey. No, Eric Lamella's Joffrey. He's got that. He's got that same snidiness about him. Have we got a John Snow? No, yeah. I think Harry Kane's more of a John Snow, mate. I think he's the kind yeah, of marginalised hero yeah. that steps up when kind of you know cast into doubt. He's the bastard. He's the one that's on the periphery. And actually, he's the one that steps into the limelight. And you've, you've I'd got have, kind of... I'd have Danny Rose, personally, as my Jon Snow. He's, he's, got, he's got the accent for it, yeah. Jon Snow from Doncaster, all day long. Mm. I think Eric dies our mountain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm quite excited the about, the, about the mountain coming back to life in uh, the new series. As a zombie. Yeah, that's quite cool. Some weird zombie stroke Bane type thing, isn't yeah. it? Mountain. What was that noise? That was my. That was my. Was that Cersei? That was. That was me. Let's <laughs> just move on. <laughs> talk to us. Talk to us like a, a lady again, sir. No, no. Like that. No. I've got funny tingles in places I shouldn't. <laughs> no, I was, um, I was trying no, to move like, to go Jack I, I, into I his know. Bane impression, but it didn't work. So. I can't really think of. Too many more examples to be honest. Christian Eriksen's kind of one of those. He's a boy king, Eriksen. He looks like a Tommen. like a Lannister. Yeah, he is. He is a bit of Tommen, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Pure of heart. Yeah. Good. He's really giggly, Christian Eriksen. I really like him. I think he's got. I think he might have one of the best senses of humour in the Tottenham squad. I'll, I'll never forget when he uh, that that interview he gave about <laughs> Tim Sherwood, where he just went, "Yeah." He's really good, and you could just see yeah. with it very bigger yeah. on his face. He was just thinking, "You saw right through it," and he's just going without saying a word. He's just going, "Yeah, I think the bloke's an absolute bell end." Yeah. He could have, you, you know, he, he's just he's one of those where you can imagine him sort of getting all the sarcastic jokes out and sort of taking the piss out of the thicker players without him even knowing. Well, can, can you imagine a player that's come from one of the he's a product of one of the finest youth academies in the history of football and then he has to sit and talk to Kyle Walker but to hear a tosser like Tim Sherwood talking about how he's this great working with young players maverick yeah do you know what I mean like you've come from the artist academy and you see that bloke and you think like yeah all right mate nice one yeah you, you definitely know how to coach young superstars maybe I'm maybe I mean by all accounts, Tim Sherwood did do a lot for the academy, but I still just don't like the vibe to it. So fuck him. Nabil Bantanalab um, could be Grey Worm. <laughs> yeah. Because they look slightly similar and they have that same buzz cut. Mm. Personality, what about, maybe. What's his quite... name? Yeah, the imp. What's his name? Tyrion. We don't really have a Tyrion. Who's Musa Dembele? Musa Dembele is surely this character for Musa Dembele. Someone who doesn't speak and just, you know, fucks shit up all the time. Oh, I'll tell He's, you what, um, that guy that looks after Tyrion that night. Um, hmm. The one that uh, rescues him from the trial by combat in uh, in that big castle with the thing in the floor. What, Robson from Robson and Jerome? Yeah, yeah. Or is, it, yes. is it Jerome? <laughs> Whichever one, I don't know. Antor Deck, I don't, I'm not sure. 
It's Jerome, isn't it? Ro- no, is it? I can't remember. I can't remember. Robson. It's definitely one of. Either at no cure for being a cunt. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's just one of them. The other one's got a fishing program. The other one's in Game of Thrones. So you know which one's had a better career yeah. since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He's actually Robson or Jerome. He's actually with uh, Cersei in real life. Really? I oh, really. Mm, apparently so. And so she, is, seems, uh, she seems quality in real life as well. Have you ever seen her in interviews and stuff? Yeah, apparently she's got no money whatsoever. She lives in like a really modest, like two bed house because uh, she went through a really messy divorce and lost the majority of her money. So she lives in like a really normal house in America because um, she lost most of what she had in a, in a divorce sorry. settlement. Apparently, um, I'm sure she sort of made it back and and ten times that since. But um, I remember seeing um, like a, an article about how sort of she lived a very modest lifestyle just because she this sort of uh, this failed relationship had sort of um, had hit her so so hardly. But it's um, no, it just goes to show that you know Cersei is uh, isn't that way in real life. It's funny, that, isn't it? I always I always used to find it bizarre when you'd hear about when uh, before kind of there's this big influx of. American TV um, and things like EastEnders, Coronation Street were a bit more relevant to UK viewers because it's all they had to watch. And you remember there were, there were like those big silly, it might be a bit before your time actually, Raj, but I'm sure you remember. I was never really a, a viewer of it, said, but you remember all those big like storylines of like Little Mo and Trevor and all Mate, that. Mate, Trevor, Trevor, yeah. Trevor was most. Yeah, goodness me. Well, but he would talk about how he'd get blokes starting on him in because the street, like fronting yeah. up to him because he's Trevor. You like to hit women, do you, mate? And him having to actually explain to people, I'm an I'm actor, fucking you fucking actor. moron. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm an actor. That's a character. That's not actually me. And it, but, but not to that extent, you know, you're not going to like spit at the, the woman that plays Cersei in the street, but you can't help but think, hmm. I don't trust her. There was that. Um... <laughs> oh, but I actually like Cersei as a character. You know this. Cersei's a great start. character. She's brilliant. Yeah. Everyone's like, I hope she dies. I hope she gets no, killed she's off. Brilliant. Why? Why? She's so good for the series. Like, so um, nasty. The stories of that. The only I don't watch EastEnders because why would you ever put your throat through that misery? Um, it's genuinely one of the most appalling pieces of television I've ever had to sit through, and I've only done it EastEnders. sort of a handful Shit. of times. An absolute joke. You've switched to Emmerdale, <laughs> um, but um, what do you call it? Um, there's um, there was that storyline where somebody nicked a baby in EastEnders, and I'm sure I'm not giving it the respect it deserves because it's probably a fine piece of writing. <clears throat> but um, yeah, some some lost nicked a baby on EastEnders, and people sort of stopped being nice to her in the street and things because they couldn't remove her from her character because they thought she'd actually robbed a baby. And it was um the the BBC had to like apologise for the storyline and she was uh, you know the yeah, fact that I'd heard about yeah, it and I didn't strange. even watch a program sort of showed you how how big it had gone, but yeah it's it's very strange. Is there anyone that you've never been able to for- forgive from like a TV program or something? Someone that you sort of cast aspersions on because of what they've done on on television? Mm, John Terry. No, nothing for talking about. <laughs> yeah, John Terry's a good one. Um, uh, I, I was I was actually. I was so Christ, what's his name? Um, in the actual last series of Game of Thrones, while we're on that topic, the lad at fucking burns his daughter alive. Oh my god! Yeah. Sorry for spoilers, but I don't really care. <laughs> well, you um, should have watched it by now. It's your own. Fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. it. Your own fault. 
Um, what's his name? Stannis. Stannis. That 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 actually made me quite angry watching that, seeing what he'd done. His own like his hubris had led him to that point. Yeah. The Red Woman. Yeah. Um. So that made me quite angry. But other than that, no, I can't think about it. Why does anything spring to mind for you, Rose? No, I was just thinking, and like sometimes it's like when you see somebody in a thing, and you go, "Oh, there's that guy from that thing," and you you sort of remember him from something else or something like that. You you don't ever sort of forget them, or you call them by their other character's name or something like that. If you're overly attached to them from from one thing to the next, um, then I think I do that. Where if I've seen them in something that I've enjoyed, and then they crop up in something else I can never sort of like Idris Elba's Lufa to me because I've never got past I've never sort of watched The Wire so whatever see saying, that's that's weird yeah, to me Idris is always String a Bell, bell. Yeah. like that's it no, String that, a Bell yeah that is but, I, I, I kind of yeah I wish the uh the Bond casters could watch uh, an episode yeah. of The Wire mate he's I couldn't watch uh I can't watch anything with uh what's his name um uh the guy who voices Scar from The Lion King because I just Jeremy, Jeremy Irons, just because all I hear is Scar. I know that your powers of retention. Yeah, that's the one, and he crops up in uh, um, what's it, Diad with a Vengeance in the third one. Simon oh, says, right, and it's just well. like, why, why, why is a uh, why is Scar, Scar on the walkie-talkie to uh, Bruce Willis for? Uh, but yeah, Bruce Willis, another one that is just John McClane. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Although Seb remembers him from Moonlighting. <laughs> we nearly got right. through an entire pod without one of those. Yeah. Snuck it in right at the end. Yeah, you gotta do it. Gotta do it. Right, should we? Uh, Somebody's just called Bingo at home. Let's uh, let's see it off there, lads. Um, been a good show, I think. Yeah, been a good show. Been a, um, if you do want to listen to any, well, we did actually talk about. Football. I think we owed our, our yeah, avid fan uh, base uh, our, our, our supporter. Um, if you do want to listen to any previous episodes of Rule the Rich Podcast, you can do so on Acast or on iTunes. You can do so at rtrpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at rtr underscore pod. Um, do it. Listen to us. Give us an ego boost. Write some iTunes reviews. Do all that. Um, nice one. Come on, you Spurs. We're going to win the league. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.